if you want to remain happy, you need a hooker and a beater when you're gathering seeds. Allicin is that chemical that's responsible for what we know garlic to be. It's what keeps it's, the vampires away. Exactly. I've been waiting to talk to you for four years. It's the best nice. garlic I've ever had. It has small cloves and it's not like the easiest to deal with, but man, the flavor of this garlic, it is amazing. We like that model, keeping it small, and that's our motto is we want to sell ourselves out of business. We want everyone to grow it enough for themselves. I'm taking pictures of license plates in the <laughs> oh, campground. Yeah, I'm like freaked out. I'm like, these are the ones that abducted my wife. <laughs> Looking in curtains of RVs, like, is she in there? Like, tied up? I'm freaking out. And I look down at my phone and it says, Ben, we have your wife. It's all I can read on the text. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> Welcome back to Edible Economy. I'm Nate. And I'm Kim. And we are really excited today to have Ben and Claire with us. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. So we have known Ben for, man, since college. Uh, I don't know what I've year. I've known Ben for 20 years. <laughs> or 21 years. Just gave away how old we are. <laughs> <laughs> And Nate, even longer. Not much longer, though. Okay. Not much longer. We we actually had a lot of mutual friends that, in high school, said we should we should be friends. You guys should really meet each other. And it just never worked out. It was probably for the best, though. Back we there. met in high school, though. Maybe once. Yeah. And we were all clean cut, nice young gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Not so, that that's changed. A couple of Kentucky boys. Yeah, and then and then Claire came in the picture. What four years yeah. ago? Three, four yeah. years ago. Yeah, about four years. But yeah. Ben and Claire have known each other for a long, long time. So I'm gonna start with you know Ben is our garlic guy. Claire is our garlic gal. Um, for a lot of our <laughs> listeners out there, you, you know about the volcanic garlic. But before we get into all the, the fun questions that I want to talk about today, I've got, I've got three really solid questions that I think that's how we should start the show. And that's, um, do you guys ever get attacked by vampires? <laughs> have you been to Gilroy? <laughs> and have you ever eaten garlic ice cream? <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> I think you had uh, you'd written me some other questions, and, and one of them was, "What was the uh, thing that you regret most about this business?" And actually, it would be those three questions. <laughs> <laughs> So those are the top three questions yeah. that everyone asks or jokes about or thinks, no they're, thinks they're funny yes. <laughs> anytime you sell garlic. I can't even joke about it anymore. Right. Uh, it, yeah. We it's... get it all the time. Yeah. I like the vampire one. Sometimes I'll, I'll answer, I am a vampire. Yes. Or, it doesn't work. Or I like when people actually say, you don't have any werewolves around here, do you? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what? You don't even have the right fictitious villain. <laughs> like, go away. Oh, yeah. man. So, all right. Some real questions? You want to do some real questions? Sure. So, we're just going to do a few of these, just breeze through them, and then we get into the fun stuff. So, how'd you get into farming? Um, I was lucky enough to have an uncle who lived in a beautiful part of the country, and when I was 
finished um, with my college education. I rode my bicycle with another mutual friend of Nate and I's out to uh, beautiful Moye Springs, Idaho, which is up on the Canadian and Montana border. And my uncle was just doing a lot of really cool things that I was interested in at that time in my life and still am. Uh, but he had a, a beautiful little organic farm in a, in a part of the country that I felt was um, set up very well for uh, long-term living, good water, good air, you know, clean soil, rural, um, and access to lots of uh, beautiful places. So I fell in love with the place and fell in love with the hard work of farming. And we were breeding horses, which coming from Kentucky, that fit, fit in uh, to my lifestyle at the time. And then... Um, we were also gathering seeds of plants native to the Northwest and and uh, distributing those back to the Forest Service or other people doing reclamation projects. So coming from sort of an environmental background, I was really into to that. And so, um, so yeah, it seemed like a good uh, fit for me. And my uncle um, was really a brilliant farmer, and he's very well known in the organic. Uh, trade industry and I uh, started the first health food uh, like organic health food stores as we know it back in the 60s like bulk bins and sourcing all organic local farmed food and and so yeah it was kind of easy it just happened that way and, and I want to go back you said you took a bike ride and you stopped in Moyne Springs but really this bike ride was uh like Portland to Portland right it was it was Atlantic across. to Pacific yes. and and more Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was a fun trip who I took with Rob, uh, our other friend who lives here, who we were all hanging out with last yeah. night. So. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. So I, you, you also hit on one thing that I totally forgot about, and that's the seeds. Yeah. Yes. So this isn't just growing seeds and or growing plants and then getting the seeds out of it. You actually go, are you, are you laughing at the hooker and the beater? Yes, so tell us about the hooker and the beater, yeah, what, then. What's the hooker and the beater? Well, they're an integral part of the operation. <laughs> if you want to remain happy, you need a hooker and a beater when you're gathering seeds. So yeah, wild crafting is uh, kind of the popular word for it, but we go out into the wild and we harvest plants of seeds native to the northwest in our uh, case and um, sometimes uh, we did a lot of berries and a hooker comes in <laughs> well first you put Very... a tarp down under like around the plants yeah every plant is different so you have all these specialized tools they go from tennis rackets with bags on the back of them <laughs> to big hoops you know with sheets underneath them to yes tarps and hooking a tree with a big long stick and a hook on the end. Uh, you can probably figure out what that tool's called. And then, you know, <laughs> the beater, you beat the berries off of the tree, you know, once you've got it hooked on, on top of the tarp. So there's all these specialized tools. It's great fun work. It's, um, uh, you know, it's very valuable work. It's, uh, it's, it's physically challenging. It's, it's mentally, um, rewarding and yeah it's it's always been and we still do it we still do it to this day and we still hold contracts for certain uh plants and and uh mainly forbes flowers it's financially rewarding as well i mean some of those some of those seeds per pound are 
a lot, yeah. a lot. Yeah, it can be. And, um, you know, uh, I learned that whole business from my uncle. And really, that's what I focused on initially on the farm was running that business and, and learning. business, yeah. Yeah, learning about just customer service marketing because he let, let me go. And um, I was in charge of really doing it all, the advertising, the marketing, the, the customer service you know, but actually the collecting, the cleaning, the processing. The cleaning's pretty the cool, The testing, too. the drying, all of that stuff. Yeah, you guys helped me clean seas yeah, several it's times. Mm-hmm. It's not like, it's it's different. I mean, I don't even know what a person would expect of it, but essentially, you know, you, you, you've hooked and you've beat. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, when you beat, it's not like... Well, I remember the first time I did it, I was hitting the tree and you, you guys came up to me and you're like, what are you doing? And, you know, I was hitting because I didn't want to damage the tree or damage the plant. And you guys just got after it, like, <laughs> crushing it. Yeah, it's not called it a tapper, down. it's called a beater. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, I mean... Um, and, and, took them and, and we do take all these seeds from sustainable uh, stands of plants and, you know, that's an actual a natural pruning process, what we're doing. You know, if we're breaking the, the bush apart, it it does. And we've done, you know, like not official studies, but we go back to these areas that we've collected from year after year after year, and they seem to actually flourish from our collections. We're actually seed distributors, you know, so we're not taking, you know, everything out of the system. We're leaving a lot of seed. You know, a lot of seed gets dropped on the, on, on the uh, ground by what we're doing. Um, things that birds aren't going to get to, they're not going to get to all of them. So we're helping actually disperse seeds when we do this. So that's, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of a neat part of it as well. And then there's the screen. So you bring everything back. There's the big screen. I, I don't know what you call it, for lack of a better well, term. Well, drying screens, screen winnowing frames. screens. There's all kinds of screens. Like So then you have all the tools associated. You have the field tools, which we've discussed, and now you have the, the actual like processing tools. And we go anywhere from, you know, a 19, uh, I think it was a 47 Chevy that we ran one of our uh, macerators on. Uh, the drive line from and so that was a really and cool what's piece a macerator of, it basically well again beats things <laughs> up, around um it so you add water to it and you, you know in this case you're cleaning droops or berries and uh so it would basically beat the pulp off of the seed okay and all of the pulp could be washed through and set at a setting that the, all the pulp co- goes through, washes through, whereas the seed is kept inside the cylinder. And inside the cylinder are these paddles that basically beat the seed and the pulp apart. Okay. And, and then it drains into, or not drains, but kind of blows the seed at the end down into, or is the Yeah, seed we, we just open the door. And this is actually, I'm describing the extractor. I'm sorry, the macerator is just a, a wheel that beats Okay. Things apart, and it helps the extraction process. But the extractor is the one that ran off the old truck, and and yeah, you you're essentially left with some clean seed, though it's wet. And then so you dry it out on racks in the sun, and you stir them, and then you, um, you know, and then you'll have a fair bit of kind of debris chafe, you know, we call it. It's just like the husk of the seed and light stuff that you can then put in a fan mill and blow that off. Um, using forced air, which will blow off everything lighter than the seed when you set it to the right setting. And then the seed, the good seed, 
will fall down through this material. And you float seeds. There's there's all different processes and every plant is different. So it's very, very interesting work, yes. Yeah, I, I've been told that I was really good at helping drying seeds, but I think it was just because it was free labor. So you were keeping me yeah. as happy yeah. as possible. No, I was, I was, I was being very honest, Kim. You were great. Your husband, on the other hand, uh, I would have traded just, him in. He in just a heartbeat. keeps talking, and yeah. he just like forgets that he's, he's working. That's me. Right. He's the entertainment for the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm going to move around just a little bit. So let's let's talk a little bit about what what all products do you farm? You know, now, animals. Yeah. yeah. What what do you have up on your current farm up in Idaho? So in Idaho, uh, Claire and I we've always been um, you know intrigued with sheep, and both of us. Uh, have always wanted to yeah, work. That's just sounds really funny. funny. Sorry. Intriguing. <laughs> 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 not worded. Okay, famous last words. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. So uh, she always wanted to work on a sheep farm. I had been to New Zealand as a young kid. I just I love sheep, and I did a lot of research, and and we decided to start sheep as part mm-hmm. of our garlic rotation. You know, as probably we'll get into more our. Um, our main crop is garlic, and that's what we grow commercially, uh, both in Idaho and the Baja, and we'll also do shallots as well. Um, and uh, but we've, you know, we a farm is a farm, and it's dependent on uh, the resources that you have, and it's dependent on uh, the resources that you create. So I think farms having live animals, a farm's not a farm without animals. You know, we were sourcing manure, albeit from our neighbors, which are literally next door. But now we don't have to do that. And we have um, little mowers and little weeders and, um, you know, this great system of rotation now that we're finding out. We've only been into the sheep about three years now. And this is our third year. Mm -hmm. But um, so, you know, that we're now producing wool uh, and we haven't been brave enough to eat any of our sheep yet or have you named them oh, oh yes. they're all uh, they're named so they're, they're not gonna be they're all named plant names yeah. <laughs> okay so we have lupin and sunflower and clarus right no? clovis 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 and um oh yeah I'll, but we have about 30 Almost thirty sheep now. So. The, I didn't know you had that many. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, they we bred. We had nine lambs this year, and um, and we sold seven so far. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. So they're they but they're, they're a very wonderful addition to the farm. They really are. What breed so, do you have? They're called Southdown baby dolls. Okay. And um, they're known for being a really docile breed. Um, a lot of vineyards are using them now, so they're actually quite uh, lucrative. Uh, to to uh, produce simply for uh, genetic for their babies and um, because a lot of vineyards are wanting them now because they're short for pasture management to uh, clean around their the vines, vines the grape vines but they don't they're not high enough to kind of pick the grapes or the leaves oh, and so nice. um, in the older vineyards and uh so yeah they're they're south what was it south south down baby doll and it's a heritage breed from uh southwest of england and the american uh version uh became i think a little bit 
shorter and smaller. Um, but yeah, they're a great meat sheep. They're a great wool sheep. Their wool actually blends better than any other wool. And, um, they're adorable. They're yeah. adorable. They're born with <laughs> they're these. They're so cute. <laughs> with these built-in smiles. Faces. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, you Sounds know. Sounds like a country rap song combined. <laughs> Sound down, baby doll. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. If we could only get, get, get a theme song on Get it. Nelly to sing a jingle right? on our See, website or our podcast. You're with me. We'll make that up later. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the what's the name of your company? We're going to get into where everybody can find out info on you and all of your socials and everything like that. But Allison's Ranch. And, and what? Spelled. Yeah. A-L-L-I-C-I-N-S. That is a strange spelling. Tell us why. <laughs> <laughs> so Allison is the uh, chemical compound in garlic. Um, it's part of the Allium family, which includes onions and leeks, shallots, and ramps. Um, and so Alliums ramps? ramps are like wild little onions. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, that you find in the forest and... Uh, but people are actually starting to cultivate them now. But um, yeah, allicin is that chemical that's found in all of that family, in the allium family, that's responsible for what we know uh, garlic to be as a, a health food. So it's antibacterial. It's what keeps it's, the vampires away. Exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. Nice. <laughs> do we have to keep revisiting that? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> so yeah. Um, it's it's the beautiful medicinal yeah. um, characteristic that is in every clove of garlic, and so we named our ranch that uh, because we do uh, specialize in garlic. We grow about uh, thirty varieties each year, and um, we for the last eleven years we've been growing garlic in the Baja cooperatively with another beautiful family and village down there and um, we specialize in garlic and trying to have it uh, year round for our customers which is one of your claims to fame um, I hope so yeah we don't know anyone else that grows two crops of garlic in one year and so by doing that in two vastly different climates climates we can uh, we can produce two crops at almost opposite ends of the year in which um, you you can put on the market so people can have really the most beneficial uh, um, garlic instead of, you know, shelved... Chinese garlic. Well, Chinese garlic, stored garlic in a refrigerator that sprouts. Um, you know, after six months, it's it's tough to get good garlic, and we harvest most of our garlic in this country in you know July and August. So after December, it's a it's a mm -hmm. it's a tough issue to get garlic in this country. But most consumers think it's just like lettuce or greenhouse tomatoes that you can just produce them all year round. But I mean, in Idaho, it's an eleven ten and a half month crop, so eleven months really until we get it on the market. And but by going to the Baja, we actually plant at the same time in both of our farms, but we've been able to harvest our garlic there in 
five and a half months. Oh, so, it's that quick. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's about five and a half, six months. Okay. So yeah. you, were, you were just talking about the, the garlic in the United States and, and some in Mexico. So it's somewhere between a six and an 11 month crop. And since we can't, and where, and most of it comes from, you know, California or somewhere in the south. I guess a lot of places grow the garlic, but the vast majority of the United States comes from from California, right? Yeah, that Central Valley, that huge, and a lot of people know um, where Gilroy is and Christopher's Ranch, and and uh, that's where the majority of our garlic is grown. And they grow a variety called California Early because it gets on the market early, um, not because it has good flavor or uh but it does store well for them so they have created a model in which uh a business model which they can give garlic to the groceries all year round so one of the questions we get asked all the time is is what kind of garlic is this and i'm for everybody out there we sell uh, the volcanic garlic, we get our volcanic garlic from Ben. And it's a soft neck variety. So what's the difference between a soft neck and a hard neck variety garlic? Um, so there's several differences. And soft necks are typically grown in warmer climates. They will still thrive in colder climates, but you'll find them grown more in warmer climates. You'll find uh, hard necks grown typically and some of them will do well in hot climates, but they're typically grown in cold climates. Other than that, the name is pretty self-explanatory. One has a, a softer neck, and uh, the soft neck varieties have been cultivated for a lot longer in human history. And so the theory is that on a hard neck garlic, they still produce a flower, which we call a scape. And the soft necks will not do that. Sometimes they'll produce a a little bulbule inside the stem, which is their throwback to antiquity when when they were still producing that scape. But because the soft necks oh, okay. have been cultivated for maybe 20,000 years, one thing that we do to our garlic is we cut that flower off to make the bulb underground bigger in hard necks. And so the theory is that farmers have been doing that for so long that the soft necks have evolved and developed to no longer throw that flower and just produce, you know, a bigger bulb underground. Okay. So that's another major difference is that hard necks will flower and the soft necks won't. Um, you know, some people will claim that there's flavor differences and things like that. And I think uh, soft necks are typically maybe on the sweeter side. You know, you hear that a lot. I will make one thing clear that as many garlics as Claire and I have eaten and tried, neither of us are connoisseurs, you know. Um, so please don't ask me questions on the flavors of all the different garlics. So, <laughs> what makes it spicy? Wait, I thought that soft necks were typically smaller than hard necks as well. Is that true? Is that just like because they grow, you know, less time, in less time? Or? You know, there's... Um, that would be a general, I think, rule, but, but it's we grow worse. some bomber, really, yeah. really big soft necks that are maybe bigger. Yeah, like some of our enchilium yeah, yeah, is always the biggest. Oh, okay. and, yeah. uh, so, so it just depends on the the tip, you know, the the um, variety. But an interesting thing that this question could lead into would be. Um, 
Lead us. Yes. <laughs> so garlic is amazing. It's fascinating. And, um, and one of the things, you know, there's really only, I think, eight families of garlic. And though you can search the market for, uh, I think, roughly about 200 to 300 varieties you could probably find on the Internet now. And, and then, you know, sometimes we get seed from, from the uh, U.S., uh, the USDA and they had their, you know, all these seed sources from all over the world. And, um, so essentially there's only eight kinds of garlic and there's, um, you know, you have porcelains, rocum bowls, you have purple stripes, you have marble purple stripes, you have turbans, you have, you know, silver skins, artichokes, and there's one other one there, mm -hmm. creoles. And so some of those are soft necks and some are hard necks. But um, if you take, let's say, a Creole and you grow it in, they like the South, like so you grow it in South Florida, and you take that garlic and then you bring it out to New Mexico and grow it, it will completely change based on its soil characteristics. Okay. And so it's really dynamically interesting, like how these plants evolve with the environment, the soil that they're growing in, and the mineral content that's within that soil. So um, people will take the same exact DNA, grow it in a different part of the world, and then name it different. Okay. But, there's, but genetically, those plants are exactly the same. And that's one of your taglines. <clears throat> it's in the soil, or it's all about the soil. It's something like that, right? No. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. We can, no, it's not me. With but the I think I'll start using Maybe that. Maybe it should be, yes. <laughs> Maybe it was one of ours one day. <laughs> um, so let's hear... Oh, go ahead. Well, but so the volcanic organic garlic, ajo morado, is... So you're talking about the soil and the soil quality, and that's one of the things that we talk about a lot. Yeah. People, what is volcanic soil? Well... Do you have that in Colorado or Idaho or Florida? No. Um, <laughs> maybe somewhere in Idaho. Um, but not on our farm. Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii. These are a lot of questions that we get asked at the market. So I'm, I'm... You haven't been to Hawaii? <laughs> so I'm asking you to be able to yeah, explain let, that. So everybody. let me extrapolate on that then. <laughs> uh, so the soil... And we need to talk about that in relation to the Baja because we this comes up a lot. Um, we do feel that this garlic from the Baja, we, we can't produce a, a garlic that tastes as good. It's kind of it's kind of well known. It is well known. I mean, all through the Baja, oh, you, you, you grow in that valley. You grow in San Jose. Yeah, that's they grow the best garlic there. And I've had a man stand outside my booth at a market in San Diego for two hours waiting for me to get less busy so he could just talk to me. And all he said was, listen, I, I've done a garlic taste test for the Garlic Seed Foundation. And he's like, I've been waiting to talk to you for four years. It's the best nice. garlic I've ever had, you know, and things like that. And you have people and it, it has small cloves and it's not like the easiest to deal with. But man, the flavor of this garlic is it is amazing and, yeah. and so why do we think that we don't know but it's been grown in this valley and down in the Baja the seed we think since the missionaries brought it you know in the 1700s 1600s so it's been 
adapted so well to this climate and the soil that it's been grown in that it's brought this flavor and i mean i think the little valley that we grow in it is so clean and pristine and there's you know <clears throat> we we grow this all by hand and you know um it's the water source is incredible like if you could see how clear and beautiful it is and there's nothing up above in the sierras and just goats running around and so but one thing down there that that we have we, we we're so blessed with is that they have monsoon rains um you know that come every year and it's it's usually in the late summer and fall and those rains wash and now they're getting hurricanes every year which uh, because of climate change like it's no longer hurricanes are no longer on a 30-year cycle which they were historically for the baja now we've had a hurricane in the baja every single year for the last uh, i think i don't know it, well we've had one nine out of 11 years so um so what's what happens in those rain events or hurricane events is we farm right in an arroyo and so we get new soil from up above in these beautiful mountains that uh is is all uh derived from volcanic soils because there's uh three big huge ancient volcanoes which are still um uh potentially active but anyway they deposited volcanic minerals active, yeah. you know in the soil from erupting many 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 moons ago and that soil washes on our field in a rain event so um if you know and you do know about organic farming practices is crop rotation is a huge practice in organic farming well it's like we're doing rotation farming without rotating um so it's a nature's doing it for you. nature's doing it for us yeah, that's so awesome so that soil replenishment um is key i think to the flavor to the crop to um you know the quality of yeah the the garlic the ajo morado and it has extra minerals as well from the soil right it does yeah and it's the most vibrant purple garlic that uh because we grow i don't know 10 or so purple varieties mm -hmm. in idaho and it is the most vibrant yeah the color on it is gorgeous and we do attribute it's super that super gorgeous yeah. this year too. to the yeah. to the mineral content in the soil Okay, so we've talked about where the garlic comes from, but let's talk a little bit about the adventure. Like, you, there's this giant red school bus sitting in our driveway right now. <laughs> That's blocking our neighbor's driveway. Thank you, Missy. Thank you, Missy. Thank you, thank you. And, um, We've been blocking her driveway for 10 years. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. tell us, like, how the bus came about and and why it's so useful and that and that whole claire calls it the the garlic shuffle yes. so let's let's hear that fun yeah. story because everyone shuffle. wants to hear about that as well uh yeah it's a shuffle so <laughs> it, it it essentially came about i mean really i have to give credit to uh, all of the credit for my my um i guess my baja business side uh to a gentleman, the Dutchman, you know, Ron, Ron Rio. Rio. And um, he's an amazing neighbor, and he, I, I met him in Idaho, and 
actually, he was uh, one of the seed gatherers. So I met him doing that, and he would always travel to the Baja. And I thought, when I first moved up there 20 years ago, you know, I thought, oh, that sounds pretty nice. Not live the winter up here and <laughs> go to the Baja. So he's a Dutchman, and by by trade, he's a merchant, you know. He's a Dutch merchant, and he still holds that very true. Like He's still all over the world bringing back beautiful products from other places and um, <laughs> makes a living doing that. So he was going to the Baja and... Uh, and he in in yeah. his little bus, yeah. and he 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 said, you know what, man? Because he knew I was into garlic. He's like, he showed me these garlic braids one time, and said, you know what? I I think this might make a good little business. And uh, he's like, get yourself a bus and go get down there. Get yourself a bus. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> that's was... not business advice you hear a whole lot. Is it? <laughs> well, what you got to do is you got to start with a bus. Well, I and I knew I knew there was a bus at the church, and they wanted to sell it, and they got it for seven hundred bucks. And so we were looking for that a small a, a vehicle that could haul tons uh, tons of garlic, and um, we didn't have a lot of money at the time. And so we uh, invested in this bus. It actually, the first one ran on propane. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was interesting. Always an adventure to find a place to refill. But I, yeah, I, <laughs> I fixed that bus up, sold it to, you know, it did the first two years of the garlic run. And um, I sold it, bought it for 700, sold it for 7,000 because I fixed all the interior up. And, nice. You know. Uh, Put in a, like a little kitchen mm -hmm. and it was like yeah. a Made it like RV. a little RV. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Did it have a rack on it, the first bus? It the did. Top. Nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. It had the under storage too, didn't it? It did. Yeah. yeah. It was a three-quarter size though. It was an eight window and now we have a 13 window that my friend, another friend, you know, he knew what we were doing and he's like, Man, you should do it in this bus. It's, they just dropped a new engine, blah, blah, blah. We won't get to, yeah. you know, this isn't a car, a motor this show. This isn't a car talk know, with car talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, But uh, it had a great engine, and I got it for a good deal. So we did the same thing with that and put, uh, you know, a nice, comfortable living quarters inside the bus. And over the years, we've had, we've had a, a great friend in Salt Lake who's an amazing artist, kind of paint the outside and do a farm scene on it and paint garlic all over it and put her company's logo on it and you know do all of this um sort of just touch up to the outside of it and uh so yeah it's our hauler it's our it's a it's a work truck and it's a beast, it's a beast. <laughs> and we just um you know we've put a solar panel on top and we've got we, we used to have a hydrogen fuel cell on it and we do what we can to, you know, sort of live simply and uh, not make too much of a footprint on our way down and, and on our way back picking up the garlic, but there's no bones about it. That thing is there to haul garlic, and we needed a, a, a sort of cheap but reliable vehicle to do that. And since we've, you know, we always do modifications, and we're talking about our newest modification, and 
What Just is your newest modification that you're thinking now? Well, it's it's really demodifications. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's making more room for garlic. Yeah. Okay. Taking We've out more of the... taking more and more of the luxury <laughs> out and making more space for garlic. And now right. you're like sleeping on the floor, not yes. in the bed anymore. Yeah. Sleeping on the aisle. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a... What do we need a bed for? <laughs> We've got boxes of garlic. Yeah, put some foam on there. <laughs> Until you get here, and then we clear out enough for you, right? To clean, yes, reclaim yes. space. So yes, the Denver area is always uh, 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 just a wonderful. They are good to us, and, yeah. and it's part of the home stretch thankful too. Thankful to get our our garlic and our yes. space. Yes. Yes. Yeah. we yeah. love the garlic, yeah. and we're thankful to get our space back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you, well, you, sometimes you'll travel with an extra vehicle that you sell. I know you're selling one now. <laughs> <laughs> you sold the one that you drove, uh, was that last year or was that two years ago? The, the yes, white the, truck. the white truck. We yeah. sold that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've got a and Japanese import right now that we're trying to sell. Yeah. The, driving, the uh, steering wheel's on the other side. We're trying to sell it to, to a postman. <laughs> and, you, and you guys travel with inflatable uh, Paddleboards and bicycles. <laughs> Two dogs. And dogs. Yeah, and you've had up to four dogs that have traveled <laughs> yeah. with you. And they sleep on the garlic too, just yeah. so yeah. everyone knows. It's really not too comfortable for anyone. <laughs> I like Kim, don't tell people that we have our joking. dogs sleeping on their garlic. They're not. <laughs> They're they not. would rip it up. It's too valuable. It is it. too precious. <laughs> we so, isolate them. <laughs> one of the modifications I like is uh, is the the addition of the passenger or the co-captain's chair. Yes. Kind of welded to the captain's chair. That's pretty nice. That's... It's kind of at an angle. So I'm making a V right now symbol with my hands, and one's facing the road, and the other's kind of facing the the bus door. So you can see out and enjoy enjoy the ride and mm -hmm. look at the landscape and that has been really nice to have yeah. my co-pilot next to me and yeah uh, it's cool where she can't just go back in the back and fall asleep she has to get me water or, and tell me where i'm going and or get lost in the middle me. of a stop and get left get behind left because you think <laughs> she's falling asleep that was a <laughs> just just a quick Side note, yeah. Claire, tell us that. Yeah, let's have Claire story. tell that. Well, one. that was actually um, Mother's Day last year <laughs> in uh, New Mexico, and and we stopped for um, just a short stop, and it was it was already getting dark, and I actually just popped out to go to the bathroom on you know on the side of the road, and Ben didn't realize that I had gotten out. And and he left <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. In the yes. middle of nowhere. Yes. At dark. Yep. It in was the dark. In the middle of nowhere. It Where was basically like on the Taos Highway. Mountain lions. Yes. And such. Um, yeah, it's getting dark and cold. Let's not turn my head Soon there's going to be a Italian polar bears, bears. And exactly. alligators, <laughs> walrus walk around. on their hind legs. I did have a, there was a really nice couple that stopped and picked me up. Because you were hitchhiking for miles. Yeah, yes. And, um, and I thought that highway. Ben would realize shortly thereafter, but it, it took a little while. And actually he had, had gone to a campsite and parked 
And he thought that that's where I got out. Um, <laughs> so he didn't want to leave there thinking that I was somewhere in the campsite area. Right. So it was about five hours later, you know, that and you we didn't reunited. Get, you didn't get cell phone reception either, did you? <laughs> yeah, no. It was not it was, five hours. Yeah, because it was about... <laughs> right, with no cell phone reception. Well, so yeah. it was just making it, was it hard. Yeah. To midnight. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. hard to meet up. <laughs> and so, so I want Ben, Ben, take over a little bit can, right here. Yeah. So take over. You know, you finally, you've got, you've, dri- you end up driving back into town to do something, right? And you get cell phone reception again, and you get a phone call. No, uh, okay. So yeah, here's what this is. That was Claire's rendition, and so here is mine. <laughs> make yourself look better. Go ahead. Yeah. Here's your chance. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have to open the door, it's, you know, to get out of the bus, right? For anyone to get out of the bus. So I didn't remember opening opening the door. So obviously I did. And Claire got out to go to the bathroom. I go to the next campsite and I had to really use the restroom. And so I jump out of the bus and go use the restroom. And I get back in and there's no Claire, but you know, the door is open. So I was like, oh, she must have jumped out to use the restroom as well. And, um, <laughs> and so I, st- I, 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 you know, wait there and I'm, I'm thinking back like, what, man, she's been gone a little while, but what happened? And, and when I thought about, you know, the last stop we made, I was like, did she get out? And I was like, no. I was just turning the bus around. I didn't open the door. I was like, she must just have jumped out here because she's mad at me because the last conversation we had was <laughs> this. I go, should we go to Stanley's? Uh, Stanley Crawford, who's uh, a, a, a good friend of mine and who's written some books on garlic and inspired me partly to be a garlic farmer, uh, lives in Dixon, New Mexico. And so I said, should we go to Stanley's or should we go camp for the night? And she said, we should go to Stanley's. And I said, well, I think we should go camp. So the last, this was our last so conversation. And she brought that up. She, she ended the, she ended the conversation with, well, I don't know why you asked me because you never listened to me anyway. So I assume she jumps out. She's mad at me, you know, once we get to the campsite and she's just off on a walk, walking off steam. So I'm like, okay, I'll tidy up the bus and try to make, you know, dinner and make things up to her, right? Oh, you did the and candles so, and roses, right? Oh, yeah, it was decked out. Nice. <laughs> yeah. the 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 beauty of it all it was it's a sad thing you so get so get it, to where you're i want you, i want you to get to the phone so call. i start getting worried you know i'm like it's been it's been like an hour and she's not back and it's not like claire and so i'm i'm taking pictures of license plates in the <laughs> oh, campground yeah. i'm like freaked out I'm like these are the ones that abducted my wife um, <laughs> You know, looking in curtains of RVs, like, is she in there, like, tied up? I'm freaking out. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, I know that I had cell phone service that last place we turned around. And so I go back to that place where I left her, and uh, she's not there, obviously. But um, I got cell phone reception, so I start, you know, ding. Ding ding ding. So many texts, so many voicemails. I had left, and I'm I'm driving right when I, you know, when I get this service, and I look down at my phone, and it says, "Ben, we have your wife." Is all I can read on the text, and I'm like, ah. 
And you know, right, like, because Claire, you didn't have your cell phone. It was in the bus, right? So you were yeah, using she was the cell using... phone from the people that right. exactly. you up. Yes, yes. Right. I okay. did not have my phone. So yeah. Ben, we have your wife. <laughs> and I'm like, <gasps> so I pull over and you know, like make this call, and I'm ready to. You know, actually, this isn't true. I saw the, the text after I pulled over. It says, you know, she's safe and all that. <laughs> I thought I was going to, you know, have to give up a <laughs> ransom or right? Give up the bus and tons of garlic. Yeah. I don't have any money, but I have a busload of garlic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was scary. And, uh, and I went through all the messages later. And I had to drive all the way up to Taos, which was like an hour away. And uh, I got all the messages later, and they started out like, "Hey, uh-huh. sweetie, that was funny, um, but you, you can know. you come pick me up now?" And, and then you know they go the and they slowly on. progress into. I can't say some of these yeah. words, yeah. but they, they were strong. They were strong words. And then this couple that had picked you up, Claire, they were finally like, well, so yes. we're going to have to leave you at this gas station. <laughs> yes. They had to get back to relieve their babysitter. And um, yeah, they were really nice. And, and they left you they, like five They gave bucks. me $5 yeah. just in case I needed anything. Because <laughs> then at that point, you weren't even going to have a phone, right? <laughs> and did the, the gas station, was it closing or was it yeah, staying at, okay? That's what I was so worried about because at midnight, they were closing. And, and even like the two clerks there, they were like, you know, I don't really know what we're going to do with you <laughs> when we close. So. So that's when kind of the pressure was mounting for um, to get a hold of Ben. So. <laughs> but it was just in the nick of time. It was right around midnight, like right before they closed, that he got back to me. And um, yeah, and reunited. reunited. <laughs> yeah, right in the nick of time. <laughs> Never before. <laughs> that's great. You guys, I mean, really, the bus, the bus just is a continuous adventure machine. I mean, I remember other stories of your old dog Floyd getting <laughs> essentially taken because he would just run and do his thing and then somebody ransom. They did ransom your dog, yes. didn't they? No. Um, yes. Yeah. I put up a ransom reward. reward. You put up yeah. a reward. Did okay. you pay the, did you have to pay the reward? Oh, I was glad to. He was, yeah. you know, the the best thing and then has it has it gotten stuck Uh, i mean you take this bus from idaho to mexico yeah and you you know you're it's it's not just right across the border in mexico you're you traveled through mexico a little bit don't you oh yeah 700 miles yeah Yeah. so yes it's gotten stuck (laughs) and yes i have a bad habit of leaving um my 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 loved loved ones ones behind the mammals you love behind You know, you've heard of a vehicle getting high-centered. I don't know. It's the opposite of getting high-centered, you know. We went in an arroyo one year. The road getting into the farm is really, really gnarly and really bad. And um, I had just gotten the long bus, so it's like 40 feet. And we went down an arroyo, well, a ditch, essentially, in the road. And the front of it dug in. And the back of it dug in. <laughs> so you got so ended. We got ended, yes. <laughs> I didn't know the terminology, but there yes. There it is. 
both ends were stuck. <laughs> so the whole village comes out like to help. It's, it's, it's at night, and, you know, we're digging it out and jacking it up. And, oh, it was such a, a debacle. And I was so embarrassed. And... <laughs> And it, but it was just fun, and, and the people there are amazing, and and yeah, I've got it, I've gotten it, you know, stuck many times in the sand. But the first time I got it stuck in the sand was a great learning experience because um, a, a gentleman, we were on the beach, and he comes by, and we're I'm trying to dig it out and get it going, and all this other stuff. But a gentleman just comes by, and he, you know, he's like, yeah, I'll get you out of here. I'm like, okay, I'm up up for anything you know just let me know and he just deflated my tires and and uh so he just crawled right out you know with low tires huh. and um oh, and that's then cool. you have to just fill them back up because you have more surface area mm-hmm. and in the sand that's what you need obviously so um yeah all those things are actually stressful when they happen but they're always so fun and i, mm-hmm. I would like to tell the floyd story because Tell the Floyd story. Oh, you story. wouldn't need to redeem that. Floyd is the best dog. Yeah, ever. Floyd is the model dog for, for off-leash yes. dogs, for sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know what story to tell about him, but yeah, he got kidnapped. That's not that great of a story, but um, how about the birthday party? <laughs> no. Oh, but I, I was going to tell. I was doing a delivery to La Montanita one year, um, and it's a little co-op in. Albuquerque, uh, kind of right across from University of New Mexico, and and uh, it's really busy there. There's students, and it's a cool hip part of town, and you know it's close to downtown, so it's really busy. And I'm done with all the deliveries for the day, so I'm telling Floyd, I'm scratching him, you know, like, oh yeah, buddy, we're gonna go on a walk right after this, and I get in the bus and take off, and you know, a few miles down the road, kind of like the Claire scenario, there's no <laughs> Floyd, and so. Uh, <laughs> You know, go back and we're looking for uh, Floyd and, and he's nowhere to be found. And so I'm getting really worried and nervous. I'm driving the bus up and down this busy street. And finally I get a call from um, my mom, you know, because like my home number was on his dog tag. And she's she says, uh, she says, um, Floyd is at this restaurant down the road and uh, they want you to pick him up. And so I go there and they're all loving on him. And he, they, I was like, thank you so much for, you know, keeping him. And they're like, well, we kind of had to. He walked right in the kitchen and just started eating off of the busing trays. <laughs> and so so they, they called his collar and I picked him back up and... But yeah, I have a habit of leaving people behind. <laughs> Floyd really followed his nose a lot, didn't he? He, he did. did. Yeah. He, did. he thought about one thing and one thing only. That was food. <laughs> so let's talk more. Tell everyone more about the actual farm and the village and and the farmers of the garlic while you're not there always. You're up in Idaho part. And yeah. So let's know. Hear about that. Okay. So... Um, we plant both of our farms at the same time in October. Um, late September, early October is usually when we plant both both places. So obviously we can't be there. Um, but the gentleman that, um, uh, his name's Compi, and he's um, just a wonderful guy. And, and we both started out really small and slow together growing, growing this garlic. And... 
Um, we've helped each other along the way with uh, knowledge and um, uh, you know certain tools and and equipment and um, and just really you know tube for water and and you know the, but he's an amazing farmer and he was growing these beautiful braids and and he um, didn't have the means to kind of grow more and so we helped him um, kind of secure a, a lease from his brother and and so that was a really you know felt good that was a really good thing and it got us sort of and in, more involved with the community and people understood hey you know we want to come here to bring you know a little bit more uh, prosperity to this community and so we've always been treated with such respect and it's been like such a wonderful relationship from the beginning and um you know this village i would guess i i, I actually don't no, but I probably know everybody in the village, but I'd say there's probably 60 people, you know, and uh, we sort of employ about um, maybe 15 people for this garlic and for the cultivation of it and the cleaning and the braiding and the planting and everything. And and, and it's, um, I, I do have uh, less and less to do with it uh, over the years because, you know, the relationship that we've created is just, he's, he is a really good farmer and I, I, um, don't need to complicate things. And, and so, um, it's just a really nice experience. We'll go down there and do cultivations and we'll do harvest and we'll do, um, you know, sort of all the logistical and legwork and, and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, we we've just seen that little village thrive over the years and we've brought in brought a lot of prosperity i think to them through this garlic and, and i just wanted to say it is just a, a few families and it is really special when we when we do go there um you know um just the family mentality it's um mm -hmm. you know like estrella and poncho and they bring their kids out and even the kids are involved and in helping just you know clean garlic or but um and then um compi and his wife they take care of all of their workers like family you know mm -hmm. everyone nice. comes in for lunch um you know they're usually two meals a day and it's mm -hmm. like it's just we a community all eat together yeah. and laugh together and if anyone needs anything if they don't have you know if they've got to go to the doctor at three in the morning you know compi's there for them He's, um, you know, he's, he's the big cheese, but he's very good to his people. You know, uh, we pay them well and they, you know, we give them all bonuses and it's really nice to see when you go back the next year, they have, you know, a new roof on, which makes their house less hot and they have maybe a new vehicle, a, a new truck, you know, to help them get to town and they have, you know, a new, even a new, you know, like they Poncho and Australia just built a new house. So everybody's, you know, really been thriving from uh, this relationship that we've started 11 years ago. And and uh, we have some other friends that are involved that, uh, you know, um, that, that also, you know, support them and give, buy part of their crop. 
and take it up the West Coast. And so it's a, just a real, it's just, it feels good and it's a good, yeah, it's just a kind of a wonderful thing. And there are near and dear friends and always will be no matter if we keep doing this or not. That's great. Yeah. I can't wait to be able to go oh. down sometime mm-hmm. and see. It's, yeah, it's a yeah, stunningly beautiful yeah. place, but yeah. the people are really awesome so too. Special. Yeah. I think one of the neat things that that you always, we had a misconception, at least about where you're going, and you tell me that you have to dispel this misconception all the time, is, you know, when people hear that you go to Mexico, they want to know if you've fortified the bus and, you know, put some cannons on top of it and things like that, because they think you're going through a war zone when you go down there. But it's not... It's very safe, and the people are so wonderful and helpful and... And yeah. actually, when we're bringing the garlic back up, you know, um, at all the checkpoints, everyone, you know, all of the military that they come in to, to check, they're amazed at how much garlic we have in the bus. And, <laughs> and they're, you know, a lot of them, even farther up north, don't realize, you know, the farming that is done in the south. And basically, you know, that, um, yeah, they're just impressed with how much garlic we have. And it's cool. And yeah, they're, they're, uh, we don't, you know, yeah, we're not driving through, uh, Las Cruces, El Paso, Nogales, you know. But we've been there. We have. We had a good time there one time. (laughs) And we're not flashing around a lot of cash. I'm not saying Mexico doesn't have its uh, problems, but in life you have to do things you have to see things and and see them for yourself and i just try to encourage people to do that um because mexico is is very safe for us the baja is probably the safest part it's a really you know they don't move like i don't think the cartel has really moved into there Uh, i understand you know that maybe they are now but it's a safe place and the people are great and the people just want the same things that the people want here and um you know, a few bad seeds isn't going to, you know, kill the whole crop. They're, they're, it's, a, <laughs> it's a wonderful, wonderful place. We love it. So let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about some of the, the business of what you do. The business? The business time. So the cool. show is Edible Economy. We like to get the backstory. We like to talk about everything. But we really like to, we want to dive into some of the, the business aspects of, of how food entrepreneurs are making making it work so how do you sell your product um so baja crop goes about uh 90 percent to uh small health food stores no no chain stores all kind of independently owned or people that are just cool and uh, you know, like you guys, you guys sell at farmers markets. Uh, our sister-in-law, she's selling at another farmers market. Um, we like that model, keeping things small. We've uh, in the past looked at say selling to Whole Foods, but they they kind of want to take our principles away, and we're not willing to to really uh, sell out our principles and what we do and how we supply people with food for that that corporate model and. And um, they, they're trying to, yeah, I, I don't want to go into that too much, but it's not for us. 
But it's cool for us and for the small stores and for us to be able to tell your story of how, yeah, this may be from the Baja. It's not necessarily from the United States, but you pay everyone well. It's supporting this whole community for the year. And it's a really feel good story. It's identity preserved. And it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the story, you know, you, you it's grown the right ray, you know, who, you know, who it is that's growing it and um, how it affects them. And And I, I can't get, get that across to people enough. It's, you know, our farms are both in two of the most pristine areas in North America. I mean, they're very far removed from industry and, and the water that we use and it's it, they're both very pristine but um but yeah you know that's that's all part of the story and and so to go back to the original question is like 90% of the baja crop goes to those and about 10% on the internet and our other crop of garlic from Idaho we sell about 90% of that on the internet and about 10% of that at markets and and uh and oh that's cool yeah so mm-hmm. it's kind of a a uh, flip-flop and how we distribute both of those uh, crops and it's nice to have a crop that doesn't go bad so quickly that you can sell on the internet yes Mm -hmm. you know it's not it's not asparagus (laughs) right the the internet (laughs) or lettuce lettuce. yeah it's been very helpful to and we produce very big garlic in idaho and very good seed garlic and uh, you know we're at about 48 degrees parallel and so we're as high as you can get in the continental US so we have hardy seed stock and it's very big and I learned a lot from my uncle he was a great grower and um, and so you know a lot of that crop is going to people who want to plant that for themselves uh, it's not to say you can't eat that garlic, and we sell a lot of it for culinary purposes, but most of it's for for seed, and um, and that's our motto: is we want to we want everybody in the country just we want to sell ourselves out of business. You know, we don't want to have to grow enough for everyone. We want everyone to grow it enough for themselves. So oh, that's cool. So yeah. We do a lot of education, you know, on the farm and through our website and people that buy from us, you know, helping them get started growing garlic. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So the Internet is it's a huge impact on you guys. What have oh, you yeah. what have you learned? What have you learned about selling online? I mean, I I know that you and I talked years ago about a, a different way of selling online Um but you know you've moved from your own website to Etsy to your own website. You know you've you've had this progression. Talk about your progression of, of selling online. How do how does one go about selling garlic online? You don't have to give away your trade secrets, but just talk about you know about how that's impacted you. Oh uh, yeah. What you've learned from that. Well, I think what I've learned from that, and what we've recently been learning is. The more platforms you have, the you know I think the better you're going to do if you are, you know, targeting online uh, customers. Um, another thing is let someone who knows what they're doing do it. That's good <laughs> advice. That's actually really because good advice. we don't know what we're doing. We're not tech people. We we know how to grow the garlic, and 
you know, Claire, I have to give her so much credit because she does a lot of the social media stuff. And, um, and I think all of those uh, platforms help to sell our product and, and to sell what we're doing. And so, but yeah, you know, we need people to build our website. We need people to manage that website. Mm -hmm. And so we try to focus on producing the best possible product. And we do believe, like, I don't think there's anybody producing as good of seed garlic as we are in Idaho. And I don't think there's anybody producing as good of flavored garlic as we are from the Baja. And so um, I think by focusing on the quality of our crop and getting a higher price for it because of that quality, we can... uh, hopefully afford to let the people that really know what they're doing um, in a yes. marketing, advertising scale on the internet, let them do that. I would also say that um, even though it's internet sales, it really is still, you have to keep it on a personal level. You know, you know, you know your customers and we get some um, online sales for our spring garlic and like in California and we try to hand deliver those um, you know oh, since we're in the idea. area yeah. sometimes it's a surprise that we show up on someone's doorstep <laughs> <laughs> but then they we make love it. yeah they love it and now like you know if that customer, customer comes life. to see us and she I mean it made a huge impact on her so you know it's customer service and still personalizing what you're doing yeah that's a really good point cleric because that's i think that's an important thing if people are watching or i guess you're not watching listening (laughs) to this show uh and maybe trying to figure out how to it's not easy being a farmer and and making a living and you know we obviously have diversified in doing so but um it is that crossover between a world of technology but still keeping that personal touch. Every package we send out, you know, it's a, has a handwritten note in it. And our handwriting's on it. That means a lot to people. It's like they're getting a present. We usually wrap every braid in paper and put our little sticker on it. And, you know, they, it's like they're getting a present. And, you know, it's done neatly and it's done with... It's not just something coming to you in the mail. It's like something, come, a gift coming from your friend. And when they call, you know, we take the time to, uh, whether it's they're after education or whether they're complaining, you know, um, it doesn't matter. We take the time. We know all their names, you know. I mean, most of our customers are repeat customers. And so it's about staying connected with them and not letting them feel uh, like we're not part of their lives, you know. Yeah, that you care and you're giving them something awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so... To wrap it up, um, before we get to talk about where everybody can find everything from you, so if there is a message that you guys could put out there to the world, what, what's your message? What do you want to share your with Your mantra. It doesn't have to be like Not farm-related. It could just, be. It could be, though. Just something. Wow. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, I would say that, I would say, I don't know, it's it's maybe overused, but you, you do, you pick something that you love to do, and you shouldn't have any fear 
of maybe not making enough money doing it. You know, it's been a struggle becoming, I mean, I think of myself now as a successful farmer, but it's not been easy, but I've enjoyed every step of the way. And it makes sense to me in every form and fashion just to do what I do. It's good for the, it's good for the world, it's good for the earth. So um, I knew I was kind of going to do that anyway. I never considered the money. It's not been easy. But I think for people, just do what you love and uh, don't be afraid to take challenges and don't be afraid to be poor. Because <laughs> it makes you a stronger person and it's gonna, you're going to come out better for it in the end. That's a long mantra. <laughs> I love it. Wise words. Yes, I love it. So tell us, where can people learn more about what you guys do, um, how to get website, in touch with you guys, how to buy garlic from you guys? Well, I've got a beeper, and the number is... Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, um, my picture. <laughs> um, so allisonsranch.com, and if you can't remember the spelling, it's A-L-L-I-C-I-N-S ranch.com. If you can't remember that, organicvolcanicgarlic.com will take you there. Yeah, volcanic garlic will get you there somehow, some way, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram at mood4, number four, good food. And we always answer our phone, usually. So um, call us if you want to talk to us. That's how I like to communicate. So all of this will be on our website, edibleeconomy.com, and you can read the show notes to find you know, certain sections you want to listen to again, and you can see a picture of the bus for sure. A picture of the four of us all sitting here. <laughs> Maybe we should do that in front of the bus today. Yeah, we yeah, should. And um, check it out, edibleeconomy.com. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you guys for coming out. Thank you, Marl Media, for having us. And we always love having you, you guys. Thanks for having Thanks us. For having yes. us. All right. Yeah. Till next time.